Robots vs. Dinosaurs is a proud member of the Apocalypse Podcast Network. Check out Apocalypse Podcast Network for more great podcasts. The following podcast is brought to you by Robots vs. Dinosaurs. Robots vs. Dinosaurs is brought to you by the 28th Street and Crescent Bodega. <laughs> Disclaimer, this podcast is about to spoil several movies from 6 to 20 years old. Lou, read off the list. Today, Robots vs. Dinosaurs will be spoiling for you, the listener. Scream, Inception, Avengers, Age of Ultron, Avengers, Infinity War, Guardians of the Galaxy, Doctor Strange, Ant-Man, X-Men, Days of Future Past, Star Trek, The Next Generation, Doom Patrol, Sensate, Ben 10, The Monsters, Modern Family, Parks and Recreation, and The Office. Hello and welcome to Robots vs. Dinosaurs, the podcast where we watch a movie or a TV show every week and then try to determine which one is cooler, robots, dinosaurs, or, or ancient witches who control alternate universes. Mm. Ancient witches who control alternate universes. So this week, Ryan, what episode of WandaVision are we talking about? We're on episode seven, Breaking the Fourth Wall. That's right, Breaking the Fourth Wall. This was directed by Matt Shackman and Peter Cameron. There are a few new stars in this episode. There's some new There's some new people that we see at the circus. Well, let's see. With, I didn't mention last week the two kids, Julian Hilliard and Jet Klein. There's also, I wanted to mention Victoria Blade is the actress that's in all of the commercials that we see in every episode. And I just mm-hmm. wanted to call her out because she's literally in every uh, different decade commercial in like a different hairstyle, different acting style every time. And I think she's really, really good. Oh yeah. And she's there because they're always asking something drastically different of her every time. Yeah, and totally she different. Pulls up. She, well, no, okay, I'm sorry. She wasn't in the Yo Magic commercial. I just realized that. Oh yeah, yeah. That was a that was a totally different, totally different take. Maybe they somehow involved with the voices, but mm. other than that, and yeah, maybe she was yeah, the they, shark. <laughs> yeah, she can get real gravelly. <laughs> um, and then one new actor in this episode. Uh, that's the strong man in the circus, which was Hugh Jackman for sure. <laughs> yeah, that was Hugh. Definitely, yeah. they, they pumped right out. <laughs> Dollar store Hugh Jackman, um, <laughs> which I'm, you know, I'm not trying to be mean. made of aluminum. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm not trying to be mean to this actor. I feel like this is an actor that, like, he just looks so much like Hugh Jackman, and like he is so big and built. Yeah, that you could imagine him being in, in like losing an audition for Wolverine. Oh yeah, um, absolutely. Or maybe becoming the next Wolverine. Who knows? I wrote this guy's name because he and Victoria Blade, uh, the actor is actually Alan Heckner, and he and Victoria Blade are both on this show called Doom Patrol that I don't watch. But are you familiar with it, Ryan? I am familiar with it, and I watched it. Um, oh, tell me about it because they're both on it, and it's a DC yeah. show. Yeah, you know, it's a cool show about like this. I don't really have a good summary to be honest with you because. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of times when I watch shows and I'm not hugely into it, like I get I get distracted. Okay. Very AD, very ADD. <laughs> so I do got either, do either of those characters or do either of those actors stand out in your memory at all, like from the show? Oh well, uh, who is that? Uh, Brendan Fraser is uh, the like um, mach- oh, God. I can't remember his name. The uh, the metal like robot guy. Robot Man. Yeah, Robot Man. And, uh, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm really glad that Brendan Fraser's getting some work lately, you know? Because uh, where the hell has he been? 
So it's good to see him doing something, you know? Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm looking it up. Brendan Fraser plays, uh, of course, this name, Cliff Steele. Yes. Oh, and he, oh, yeah. And he was like a, he was like a race car driver, got in a horrible crash. And then he was, <sighs> his brain was taken out, put into this robot. And, you know, he, he, you know, clearly his struggle through the show is it's hard for him to connect with people because he can't feel anything. He can't get emotional or, or anything. You know, he doesn't feel a touch. So he feels okay. very disconnected from people. So that's kind of his, his kind of his arc, which is cool. I, I actually, you know, I liked him. He was cool. And then who else we got? We got a girl in there who, uh, who has like, oh man, she has hundreds, like not hundreds, maybe hundreds of personalities and mm-hmm. she can bring, and she can like bring them out. And actually each one has a separate power, which oh, interesting. De- depending on which personality she brings out into the cert into the onto the surface is that that's the power she's projecting at the time, which, I think, like that's cool, which I think that's a really cool idea for like a, a character with, with a superpower. Yeah. It's kind of like the, the cartoon Ben 10. Yeah. 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 That's or uh exactly. sense eight. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, is that what that's about? Sense eight kind of, it's about these, it's about eight different people that live all around the world and they're, they're all connected to each other somehow. So they're not exactly super powered, but they have the power to sort of inhabit one another when they need to. So like one of them is a really good driver and there's Mm -hmm. a situation where somebody like another one is really good at cracking safes. So one of them like has to crack a safe for some reason. So they call up the safe cracker and then they need to get away. So they call it the driver, like when they're driving, it's that kind of thing. It's kind of, it's kind of interesting. It's a weird, hard, it's the show's hard to explain, but, but once you start watching it, you're like, all right, I'm into this. I don't, I don't really get it, but I'm enjoying it. Is that Um, the Wachowskis? Yeah, it is. is. A lot of times their stuff is like that. It's like weird and confusing, but yeah, sounds interesting though. I might want to check that out. I think, but, uh, it's, it's interesting. It's interesting. I think you'll know if you're into it after you watch one or two episodes. It doesn't yeah, take long right. to decide, like, is this, is this the right show yeah. for me? <laughs> but right, even though I, wasn't, I just want to say, too, even though I wasn't very good at describing Doom Patrol, definitely check it out because I think you'd like it. Cool. Yeah, do it. You know, just do it. <laughs> yeah, uh, so that guy, Alan Heckner, plays a character named Bump Weathers. I don't know if that he, he's oh. it's kind of I had to scroll down a bit to find him. So yeah. that might have just been like one or two episodes. And I don't know about Toria Blade. I haven't seen her on this list yet. So she probably doesn't play like a major character on it. But I just yeah. thought it was kind of interesting that both of those actors in this episode. Yeah. Were both on Doom Patrol. Anyway. All right. Let's get into it. This episode opens with there's no there's no theme song, but uh, <laughs> Wanda wakes up alone. And she is addressing the camera in a cutaway. And she's talking about, you know, we've all been there intentionally expanding the borders of the of a false world that we created. Mm-hmm. There's so much in that just one phrase, the, just the word intentionally. And she's acknowledging that she created and also yeah. just the fact that she called it a false world. Yes. Yeah. That's where they do that clip right into the everyone screaming and running from the hex. Mm -hmm. the dynamic from the comedy to the chaos that was that was really cool but yeah there there is a a lot in that like everyone's real she's really coming to the real realization that this is fake and it's all falling apart is she coming to the realization or she's sort of like finally admitting it yeah yeah 
that's kind of more the case because you could see she knew but every time someone tried to bring it up she always shuts them up don't mention that so you're right yeah it's like she's blocking it out now it's this is all falling apart i'm just kind of settling back into my depression she's kind of just nonchalant about stuff whatever whatever yeah i, I want to kind of modify one of the predictions that i've been making about Wanda, because I've been very much insisting Wanda's a hero. Wanda wouldn't do this intentionally to people. (laughs) And we've, but we've also sort of been talking about like, what is the state of her consciousness? Like what, how much, how aware is she? Yeah. I think uh, it's, I'm struggling with it, but I still think it's a little bit unclear and I, I'm still holding out hope for Wanda. Here's what I think is going on. I think that this whole time she created this multiverse or this pocket, the, the, what you described last week about how this is actually a nexus, maybe a gateway, right? That that's, <laughs> yeah. that's protecting one reality from another one or yeah. keeping one from bleeding over into the other one. I think mm-hmm. whatever she, she created this barrier as a response to something, maybe as a protection for something. And I think at some point, she kind of rested on her laurels and was like, all right, I'm done. I, I'm done protecting everybody. I've built this bubble or whatever. Yeah. I don't think she knew the effect that she was having on everybody's, like, in terms of mind control, in terms of the children being locked away in their rooms or yeah. locked away in their minds or their subconscious or something. I don't know. It's I, <laughs> I think that it's like every episode has been, bit by bit, more of the effects of what Wanda's doing becoming visually apparent to her and her realizing that and trying to course correct and trying to adjust because Mm -hmm. she doesn't want things to be terrible for everybody. She doesn't want them to be trapped. I don't know. It could also be that I'm wrong and that I'm giving her too much credit. I really, I kind of want to be with you and I agree with you. And I think that any of the, I think she is in control of herself to a certain degree. And then Agatha, Agnes will We'll get to, we'll get to that, but I think she's manipulating her, pushing her in certain directions to make her mind take her there. So she's not really doing the evil stuff. It's it's her being pushed, you know, manipulated in a way, not full control. I think so because I think I think her intention. She wants to spend this whole day to herself. She she's talking to the camera, and we don't know who's behind the camera just yet. She is doing this documentary style Modern Family or The Office or Parks and Rec kind of like talking head to the camera. She's explaining that she wants to have a whole day to herself, and she says that'll show me. And I, I think that her thinking is if I spend this whole day just in the house, just thinking about me and not worrying about anything and not interacting with anybody, then I my powers won't manifest with, without me realizing it or out of my control. Nothing, right. you know, I won't affect right. anybody if I don't ever, if I don't leave this house. Um, like if she just stays alone, everyone can do their thing and she, she's not going to, yeah, screw anybody up, do anything bad to them unintentionally. <laughs> it's, it's that thing like from the, the movie Scream where they put one guy in jail and they're like, and then a murder happens that night and they're like, well, it can't be him, you yeah. know? <laughs> right. <laughs> and then it turns out it is him. But so that's a bad example. <laughs> uh, spoilers for Scream. But yeah. uh <laughs> But I think that's her thinking is like, if I'm locked in this house, if I don't leave and something happens in the town, it wasn't me. It couldn't have been me. So yeah. she, I think she's trying to figure out, she's trying to do her own version of an investigation to figure out who's behind it. Mm-hmm. See kind of what happens if I lay low. Yeah, I like that. But Ryan, who was behind the camera all along? Well, we find that 
the old nosy neighbor Agnes turns out to be the witch Agatha Harkness, which yeah. we knew we knew something was up with her all along. Kind of turned out to be true. At least we're being led that in that direction now. But who knows? Like this show jumps all around. So who knows what could happen? But for right now, yeah, she's the one who's in control. But I think she has an ulterior motive for someone else. I know I originally said I want her to be the main bad here, but I don't think that there's someone else who's going to really appear as much. Maybe it'll be a brief at the end, but she's trying to get somebody else here from somewhere else. And the power of the kids and stuff is necessary for all this to happen. Okay. Maybe, maybe Agatha will be kind of a combination of like a Mephisto and a... And they'll, I just think it would be cool for if, if Catherine Hahn was the main villain. I just... It would be awesome. She does a great job and I really like it. But there's also a little thing in my head telling me that's not going to be the case. We're probably going to get a Mephisto or a Nightmare. Maybe You know, those are all things I've I've heard in, in passing or, or a combination of them, too, because they're not really sleeping, I guess. So but then there's another character. Can I talk about that for a second? Who? Yeah. Who, who I feel could be involved here. And I, I don't hear much talk about it. Mm-hmm. And that is Agatha Harkness's son. Nicholas Scratch. Talking about Senior Scratchy? I think that that could be who Nicholas Scratch is. And Senior Scratchy, the rabbit, could be Nicholas Scratch. Um, Ryan, tell us about Nicholas Scratch, the character. Well, like I said, it's Agatha Harkness's son, and he has powers. He's a sorcerer, and he has magic powers very similar to her. He can control minds, you know, thought casting, extra, yeah, um, he can even has traveled through dimensions. So I feel like it kind of fits here. It could be in alluding with the to to him with the Senor Scratchy. Um, his name is also a combination of two phrases for the devil, old Nick and old Scratch. Mm. So his connection in that way also kind of works. That's gains power by tapping into 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 extra dimensional energy so hmm. again we're coming into you know the uh multiverse type stuff different dimensions and they mentioned nexus in the commercial which i'm sure we're going to get to mm-hmm. which is all multiverse stuff and i just think this guy i think this this villain has been overlooked and although it might not be him there's so much that alludes to mephisto but I just wanted to throw a different thing out there. You know, I, I haven't heard this much and it very well could be. And I think that would be cool. Yeah. I think, I think one thing that we can say competently is that the, the MCU is not just going to pull something out of nowhere, right? They're, they're, they're always going to set it up in some way and plant the seeds and lay the groundwork. So if the, the senior scratchy thing like that, I could see that they they play a little bit at, towards the end of the episode with Agatha might've transmogrified the children into something like mm-hmm. into a cicada or, you know, into yeah. a sandwich or I don't know, into a fish. And <laughs> well, actually they show senior scratchy in his cage also yeah. when Wanda's looking for the kids. Mm-hmm. And then, and then Agnes comes down or Agatha comes down stroking it in her hands yeah. I could definitely see some kind of payoff with Senior Scratchy actually being her son or being, yeah. you know, some kind of other character that was transmogrified or in disguise. But I, I do I agree with you that Catherine Hahn is doing such a good job. She's killing it. And yeah. like she killed Sparky. And yes. oh, that, <laughs> oh, that bitch. They're you know what they're doing? They're doing a lot with just Letting, I think, I think they will let her be the main villain. I agree yeah. that uh, she could be like a Kaecilius from Doctor Strange. Kaecilius was kind of the main bad guy in the movie, but his mm-hmm. ultimate goal 
was to summon Dormammu and and allow Dormammu to to, yeah. uh, to come into our dim- dimension and basically eat our dimension yeah. uh, as a like collapse of dimensions. That's a similar vibe I get here. Like it's she is the main villain, but there's an overall. You know, like like you just said, there's a, she's trying to get something bigger here. Not that they're necessarily controlling it. Yeah, and and the thing that really stands out to me is that Wanda's powers manifest as red, and mm-hmm. Agnes's manifest as purple. And yeah. we've been talking about the Infinity Stones a lot. The the Power Stone is purple, and we've yeah. we've seen people that have touched the Power Stone or been touched by it. And, and its effects on them. I don't think we've seen anybody who uses sort of power stone magic exactly. Like every time Thanos used the power stone with the Infinity Gauntlet, it was to make a punch stronger or to do something mm-hmm. that required a lot of uh, extra power, like like crushing a moon into small rocks or pulling a moon um, yeah. out of the sky to, to slam it into Tony Stark. Yeah, so I wonder, you know, we, 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 uh, God, I'm like so excited. <laughs> I know. That's By the all thing. this, it's and just, I'm it's having so trouble fun. getting my one mind. single thought out. Yeah, that's, um, that's exactly what I thought this week. Like, my mind's just jumbled with, I don't know what to think. There's so, uh, mm-hmm. like, they've really put me in a confused state. It's hard to come up with a logical explanation of what's going on. Like, there's so many cool things, you know, every time I think of something and I'm like, nah, uh, mm-hmm. No, but maybe it's just const- I'm constantly changing to what I think. I do want to say I think Agnes's power comes from the power stone, just the same way that Vision and Wanda's power comes from the mind stone. Carol right. Danvers's power comes from the space stone. I, I want to, I'm just predicting that Agnes I, is connected to the power stone in some way. I think that's a, yeah, I think that's a pretty solid guess. I'm also going to upgrade uh, Director Hayward. Um, (laughs) I still don't think he's a major villain. I still don't think his end goal is villainy, but I think that we do find out in this episode, he wanted to resurrect vision against visions, wishes and use Mm -hmm. vision as a sentient weapon. Yeah. That's still just a dick move in my mind. And, but I'm upgrading him to like war criminal. Like he's, (laughs) he's not, he's again, not like He's, he's he thinks he's, he's doing good, but he's doing bad things in order to maintain peace or to do good things. So now he's a war criminal. I'll I'll, I'll push it that far. Yeah. No, I I agree. You know, yeah. definitely. Um, I I almost yeah. I feel like it's almost like we're going in two directions where Wanda is going off and has her villain, which is mm-hmm. Agatha. And now Vision's got his story and Hayward's more his villain. Yeah, we see Hayward at the beginning in this retreat eight miles outside of the, of the town. And then we kind of don't see him much for the rest of the episode. Some weird things are happening at the beginning of the episode. We're talking about us being jumbled around. But I think Wanda, they're showing that her mental state is jumbled around because she can't keep things consistent. And mm-hmm. that first starts with the kids saying their, their video games are acting weird. They're holding yeah. these controllers. They revert. It's sort of like they go back through time because they become a GameCube controller and then they go back to becoming an Atari controller and then they become Uno cards. Yeah, yeah go way back. Now, it and, seems like yeah. that's the case with all the glitches. Everything seems to go yep. backwards. The television, so, the walls, yep. Exactly. The staircase. The, the milk, you know. The milk bottle, yeah, milk, that's right. The milk all the way down to like just glass bottles of delivered milk, you know. 
Um, and at one point, the milk bottle had that classic, have you seen me? Like the kid's photo on it, uh, on the back, that yep. was, like kid missing, um, which I just thought was an interesting little Easter egg. I don't think it means anything, but I think it was just. After it went back, I went back and watched it. I, I kind of was like, oh, maybe this is alluding to the fact that her children are going to be missing. So it's mm. kind of a foreshadowing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. Well done. Good catch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, some of the things that we're seeing, like, Specifically, the staircase changes style. It, it goes back to that 1970s style for a moment, which I only I note that specifically because it's one of the things that we see in the closing credits. And we've talked about that a little bit a few times, where Very the true. closing credits shows us these images one after another, one of which specifically is a staircase. And I think it's yeah. just, I think the connection here is that it is just one of the many things, one of the details, one of the specific details that Wanda is controlling in her like sims world of her mind that she when she's building the house or when she's yeah. modifying the house she can modify elements of it whether it's conscious or subconscious and i i don't know that the staircase represents more than just that that's yeah, a good theory i, I yeah I, I have trouble with those uh, images at the end and what they represent but like i said last time i know they, they appear and then kind of disappear they're thing they're just things in the town or in the house or in in this bubble reality um, that she's like mani- the things that she's manipulated costumes because she mm-hmm. created those that makes sense and then even at the end yeah the rings marriaging thing is really just all fake manifested yeah. a scene in the home with the kids we uh cut to vision at the circus grounds he's laying down in a way that he's covering his forehead and i, pr- I probably should have we probably should have talked about this last week, but um, when he gets up, the Mind Stone is intact on his forehead. Yeah. And at you, the beginning of this episode, you mean? At the beginning of this episode, it is. Yeah, yeah I, was, I was thinking, like, we probably should have discussed this last week, that he has, yeah. he has the Mind Stone on his forehead, for sure. Um, oh, you mentioned and- your theory that he, he, she got, uh, Wanda got this, this particular Mind Stone from yes. an alternate dimension. Right, so that Mind Stone can only exist in that dimension. So um, although it, it isn't disappearing when you, like you said, it's still in his head when he's getting sucked back in, right? Everything's going, the mind stone's still there. Yeah. But I don't know if that necessarily means it's, I just think maybe that would be the last thing that goes. So Wanda expanded the hex uh, in time, caught him. The mind stone was still there and now, okay, now it's in its own dimension again. So it reforms back into vision and it's good, but hmm. that mind stone can't, it can't, doesn't have its powers outside of its own dimension. So mm-hmm. it needs to be back in that bubble. Maybe it won't destroy it. It just, it just is now not functionable. True. Maybe the mind stone would just drop to the ground after vision <laughs> disintegrated and it would just be a little rock. I don't know. Hmm. I, I feel like the mind stone wants a living host if that makes yeah. sense. I've talked about it a little bit before, like from watching Age of Ultron recently, that uh, that I think the Mind Stone is sentient. I think all of the stones are sentient, but I think the Mind Stone has been shown in the movies to be sentient, and I think it wants to have a living host. It's sort of, sort of like a symbiote. Yeah, it almost seeks it out, yeah. Well, Vision meets Circus Darcy. <laughs> I <laughs> love she's Darcy. She's been cast as an escape <laughs> artist. Yeah, she is the best. Um <laughs> Ryan, would you would you watch like a Houdini Darcy escape artist show if if the MCU did a spinoff of just Cirque Darcy? 
Yeah, especially if she can break out of those chains that quick. I mean, she's got to be good. <laughs> Houdini would just be like, she's just like, I'm out. <laughs> I love how she broke those. I think we should do a section at the end of the episode called uh, "What Other What Minor MCU Characters Deserve Their Own Spinoff Show," um, and okay. Circus Darcy is definitely one of them. Oh God, yes. <laughs> what uh, would Darcy have done in the circus if she stayed as the escape artist? <laughs> uh, God. Well, I'll tell you what. Um, dollar Store Hugh Jackman would not have been able to tell her what to do because she's not taking his shit. No, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> Not with those um, little flaws. All right, so we'll definitely come back to Circus Darcy and Vision, but the episode uh, goes in, back to the house. Agnes comes over. Um, Agnes comes and knocks on the door. Wanda just flagrantly uses her powers to open the door, and Agnes walks in. Yep. And uh, it's we we've seen from a few previous episodes that Wanda is past the point where she cares if anyone discovers her powers. She used them yep. right in the middle of the town square last week. So I don't think she cares about concealing them anymore, certainly not from Agnes. And yeah. Agnes walks in semi-in character, but they're really using the format of this documentary style, this like office, the office style filming to yes. play with the levels of sitcom acting that the, the, that the characters of Westview or the people of Westview have to do to maintain appearances because it's a different style of humor too. Like you mentioned the, uh, the cutaway to all of the people running and screaming yeah. and then it cuts back to the calm of Wanda reacting to yes. her regret or her guilt over that. That's a very modern family. The office, that's a very modern kind of yes, joke, it uh, is. sitcom joke. Yeah. That like commentary on, bad things happening or characters doing bad things or <laughs> it's the thing that that distinguishes stylistically this decade of sitcoms from any previous decade that the show is lampooning yeah but it it also has that extra layer of allowing agnes to look directly at the camera when something's yeah. kind of weird or when it, it, it seems like wanda's losing her mind it works perfect as the sitcoms become more of that reality type as the reality starting to bleed more into this and becoming more real last time the Malcolm in the middle, they kind of almost started that little talking to the camera thing. It wasn't as blatant, like an interview, but it started mm -hmm. a little bit where the kids talk to the camera and that reality just grows to now to the point where it's, it's almost blending. And now I feel like it's all going to come together. And now the story will be one, like mm -hmm. no more sitcom versus outside. Everything is blend. reality and sitcom have blended. They're, they're going to come together now. I, th I, I think, think it was cool how the sitcoms slowly went along and did that. Yeah. Kind of brought the worlds together. It was cool. Yeah. Yeah. From, from this very saccharine, everything is fine. We're not going to acknowledge bad mm -hmm. things at all to the point where the, at the dinner party, the weird thing with somebody choking becomes yeah. like, nope, this is not something that can exist in this Pleasantville reality. Yeah. So we need to, we can't really acknowledge it. We just need to sort of freeze time, deal with it, and then get out of there. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh, I just also want to mention that Elizabeth Olsen is, mm -hmm. if you've ever seen Modern Family, the, the main like mom on that show is played by Julie Bowen. And Elizabeth Olsen is doing all of this physical acting, especially with her hands. I don't know how to describe it in an audio medium that well. Um, yeah. But you you can see me, Ryan. You can see like all the things I'm doing with my hands. Like, oh, yeah. like I'm holding two large grapefruits and I'm like <laughs> comparing their weight. 
Um, (laughs) And that's giving me something to do with my hands while I'm explaining something really bizarre to my kids. And I'm sort of having a freak out, but I am still trying to be mom and hold it together. And that's a bad Julie Bowen, but Elizabeth Olsen is nailing it. (laughs) She is. I haven't watched much Modern Family. I've seen, like I I talked to you earlier in the week, I've seen like five or 10 episodes. I mean, I get it. And she seriously does nail it. She nails that. It's perfect. Mm Mm-hmm. But that's a show I sh- should get into since I like The Office and Parks and Rec. It's a good show. It's fun. It's uh, You think it's as I, good as The Office or Parks and no. Rec? No. It's good. I'm not bashing Modern Family. But The the Office and Parks and Rec especially seemed like they were – I don't know. I don't know how to describe the difference. It's like they had more – man, I don't know. It's <laughs> – Yes, I – Trust me, I'm trying to, I'm trying to describe it in a way that doesn't sound like I'm saying like Modern Family's bad. It's not bad. It's good. Yeah. Do you think, I just they, think, na- think they were more realistic in the documentary style or paid more attention to, to keeping it distinctly a documentary? Or, or It actually it, makes less sense that like a, a documentary crew is following this whole family around and, and constantly has cameras inside of their homes. It makes less sense than if it's a paper company, a small paper company that's not doing well financially uh, in yeah. Scranton, Pennsylvania. <laughs> um, <laughs> But somehow, yeah, it's again, though, it's the humor of it that that's so good. You just forget about that level of reality most of the time because they're just sort of using it as a joke telling device more than a storytelling device. I think it just the start after the office did it. They were the first ones. They had to explain why there was a crew there. And then as other sitcoms decide to do it, they're like, you know, it's just going to be a waste of time to try to explain why there's a let's just. If this is the style now, we'll just roll with it. <laughs> People know what this I, I, is. Yeah. And I think that's fine. I, I don't need that to be part of the story every time. It's just going to bog it down. Just don't worry about that. There's a documentary crew. Who cares why? Enjoy yeah. the jokes. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? The WandaVision does take it one step farther and reveals that it was it was Agatha all along. And yes. the, like they they do that thing where they, they, they cut back a little bit and show who was behind the camera. But... That raises the question, who's behind that camera that Agnes is turning around and looking at? (laughs) Right. Yeah, this is that, I mentioned the Inception show within a show. Is the show, the whole show actually going to be what somebody else is watching? But that's, that's a little crazy. Another hallmark of this style of humor is just saying something outrageous and then the camera sort of lingers and... There's yeah. no follow-up. There's no. There's seemingly no punchline. It's like, yep. from the audience perspective, you're like, oh, that was the punchline. Oh, my God, that's just hanging in the exactly. air. There's, and there's there was a really good example. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, that's what's great about this. There's humor in the silence, which yep. is great. Sometimes that's the funniest part about the joke. One excellent <laughs> example of this was... Agnes uh, has a cutaway where she, when she first comes over, they do a cutaway where she says, uh, I got there in the nick of time. One spl- she was one split end away from cutting her own bangs. And then something about like the, she, oh, the kid, uh, the kids, Wanda's saying that Agnes should just watch the kids at her place so she can be alone. Mm-hmm. And they're like, really? And she's like, I don't bite. And then it cuts away to her and she's like, I actually did bite a kid once. <laughs> that was hilarious. And it, that just hangs in the air. It's just <laughs> that was the perfect office that style, like exactly how they would do something like that. It was per. I laughed out loud. Like I loved that part. <laughs> yep, because it's that. Like, is she kidding? 
Wait, maybe she's not kidding. Exactly. And it just Why gets funnier the more you think about it. It just what, what'd you, you say? <laughs> yeah. Why would you bite a kid? What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. And then okay, she says one last thing in the scene before goes that Wanda says, like, is there anything I can do for you? Or, you know, can I how can I pay you back? And she says, um, Agnes says this, I have a suspicious mole on my back I just can't see. Yeah. And I wrote I wrote that down because mole is another way of saying like an infiltrator or a spy, you know, somebody that is uh, inserted okay. on the inside to keep an yeah. eye on you. That's so, on that? Yeah. So I think Agnes thinks that there's somebody in town, there's a, a suspicious mole on my back that I just can't see. Um hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, I like that. She knows there's someone keeping an eye on her. She doesn't know who it is. Pietro, maybe. Oh, all right. Or or she might be talking about Monica Rambo, who's not in in Westview at the moment, so she's probably not talking about her. But still, she knows that somebody's watching her activities. Agnes can't pinpoint who it is or where it is. Again, this is a wild theory based on a line, a a throwaway joke about a mole. So... Who knows? Right. I just, I, I mean, I just kind of thought witches, moles, warts. I mean, I, I kept it simple. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I like that. That, that would, that's, that's a nice thought. I like because this show is deep, kind of like that. So cool, cool theory, man. I, I, I dig it. Like I said, I'm just like, oh, witches have moles and warts. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we see a little bit of talk about how Hayward. They, they discovered Hayward's plan, which is that he was trying to bring Vision back online. He wanted to create a sentient weapon, which is the SW part of the SWORD acronym. Vision and Darcy have their little business with the strong with the Hugh Jackman strongman. And and then there's a cutaway. I forget what what Wanda was talking about, but the talking the person behind the camera says to her, Do you think maybe this is what you deserve? And Wanda says, What? You're not supposed to talk. Yes. Uh, so that that voice, you were saying you you know who that voice was? Yeah, uh, if you listen to that voice, I, I rewinded it a few times and listened. It's just the way she talks, and and it, that's got That's definitely Agatha's voice, and it it's pitched down low, not her. A good I, enough job of concealing it. Yeah, so I definitely think it's her. And why she's asking her that, I really think it's just more along the lines of just trying to get her to kind of just be depressed. I think she wants her to be down like this, keeping her down so she can get those kids. So it's just another way to push her down more and be depressed, get Mm -hmm. her to get her to not care. So I can just get these kids over. Yeah. Here's another theory that, well, because here's the other thing, Agnes at this point in the episode is supposed to be at her home, right? She wouldn't be sitting in the room with, with uh, Wanda. She'd be at her home, presumably watching the kids. Putting it in her, like when she's doing this interview during this interview. Yeah. This is after yeah. Agnes has taken the kids. Right. So, okay. Right. So she's Agnes, not actually sitting there. Yeah. So she, she must've put that, that question into her head. Do you think that Agnes actually sit? She's actually not sitting there. It's hard to say because physically she should be in her own home. Right. But later yeah. they do the, the camera pullback reveal and that's, and she's in the room with yeah. Wanda. So I just a metaphor though, for her being there, but in her thoughts possibly, or she can project herself into, you know, into, yeah, I just think Wanda, I just think Wanda would be more aware of why, why is Agnes sitting across from me, sitting on a director's chair with a fucking camera? Yeah. (laughs) 
Yeah. But, <laughs> you, just, but you'd, also th- you'd also think that Wanda would question other things that she hasn't questioned. Right. That's so. true. Like, is, yeah. Is, is she somehow just blocking it out of her head that, that she's there? Yeah. And also all the scenes it shows in the lit, in the song at the end, you know, she's sitting out having a picnic on the yard while she's like puppeting, you know, Quicksilver. Like, you know, I don't think she ever was actually sitting there. Mm-hmm. I think those are just metaphors for the fact that she was in their she was in their mind controlling them. Because I mean, Wanda was standing at the door. I, unless she's block <laughs> blocking them from being able to see her somehow or another but i i mean she was actually just sitting there on the like wanda would have seen her right mm-hmm. yeah I, she was I, so. interacting with her like she was asking quite interview questions right from behind yeah. the camera so the, yeah, the it's, do you, it's, just, it's weird but yeah do you think maybe this is what you deserve so wanda mm-hmm. wanda has a guilty guilty conscience she has a lot of things yeah. she's still beating herself up for and holding herself accountable for so the fact that this is not necessarily agnes it could be wanda asking herself that question, maybe manifesting some sort of voice to, to yeah. ask this to herself. Because the things that Wanda might have done that somebody wants, that somebody thinks she deserves punishment for, she deserves to suffer. What if Agnes is somebody who is from Wakanda or from Sokovia or Germany or one of the places where Scarlet Witch was with well, fighting with the Avengers and something went wrong because of her powers and people got hurt. Innocent people got hurt. What if Agnes has like family that got hurt by Wanda in some way? Oh, okay. Cause that's yeah. something that we constantly, we not constantly, but we see frequently in the MCU. There's that woman that confronts Tony Stark about with like a photo of her son because her son was in Sokovia when 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 they were fighting Ultron and he died from the collateral damage, maybe Agnes is somebody that is that that sees Wanda as evil, sees Wanda as the bad guy for doing something directly to her or something that yeah. that affected her specifically. Yeah, I think that's that's a good take. Give her some motivation of why why she's got to be doing this to Wanda. The when Wanda says you're not supposed to talk, this is I believe right when it cuts to our commercial for the episode. Feeling depressed, Ryan? Nexus can anchor you back to your reality or a reality of your choice. (laughs) This is a commercial or Nexel Promicide, see our ad in the Westview Gazette. Yeah, Uh, it's a a weird ad. And the the Nexus, you know, know, refer to connection between something and I've, I've uh, also the Nexus doesn't that refer to like multiverse in, in, in Marvel comics. Yes. In some yeah. way. I mean, I don't know the details, but there's um, a couple of strong references to the, to the Nexus in the comics. There's uh, something called a Nexus being, which right. Wanda is. And a Nexus being is sort of the hub between multiple realities. So this is without a doubt, a reference to the multiverse and they're setting yeah. up the multiverse that we're going to see in the Dr. Strange movie or by the end of WandaVision. <laughs> I, I was just going to give you credit again, like Nexus is the the perfect word for what you were describing last time about this bubble being a gate between two realities. Right. That's like what a Nexus would be. Oh, awesome. So yeah, I got pretty close. Now I also think this could be alluding to a Dr. Strange appearance where you know mm-hmm. you need your doctor you, you let's say you should put, not take the nexus until your doctor has cleared you to move on with your life like Yo. i feel he's gonna need dr strange to come in and help her with the realizing who she is and that she's a nexus being who can do these things like help bring you know 
Mephisto or the big bad Agatha need this being to move from realm to realm. So they somehow need her. And I think this is alluding to the fact that possibly that's the case. Doctor Strange, multiverse, her being a nexus being, all that fun, that, that little connection there. That's a that's a really good catch. That's a really good catch. I didn't notice that. Yeah, as soon as I said the doctor, I went, oh, that's got. I, I really have a feeling this because I really have strong feelings that Doctor Strange is going to somehow have, have to do with this leading into his movie. Whether he actually appears or he's referenced or something, I think it's something to to do with him, Wanda, and and the, her being a Nexus being. I had to read about the Nexus because I didn't know really anything about. It. Like I said, I don't watch. I don't read comics, but. You know, a lot of these words and things, I got to like read about them. So, I, you know, go to Wikipedia and stuff, connect these things together. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> but, but again, I don't like, I don't want to talk, uh, I don't want to make too many predictions based on the comics because I think the MCU, they, their writers do such a good job of if we set something up, we set it up in a movie, what? we set it up in a previous episode, we set it up for you. We're not just, we're not just pulling the explanation whole yeah. cloth out of a different source material right. and oh, just I expecting totally that. Yeah. that you, because you're an MCU viewer that you've also read the books. They're not counting right. on that. And I like that so much that yeah. you can be a comics fan and, and enjoy the MCU and see more Easter eggs than other people might see, but you don't need to read the comics as a prerequisite at all. Absolutely. That's what I, I love about it too. And I just want to clarify too, when I said, I didn't mean I'm go, I go and I read the comic book, what they're interpreting. I mean, like I right, just right, take right. Stuff, <laughs> the words and phrases and characters I'm not familiar with and I look mm-hmm. them up so I know who they are, you know? Yeah, and then of course. I think my connections from there, but I try not to read, the actual, I don't read the actual comic book stories because I don't want that to ruin my tape because I, I kind of like that I don't know about it. It's cool. Same. You know, it's just nice to go into it. Not, I don't know who these people are. So it's all like, oh, mind boggling to me. It's awesome. Yeah, I like doing research after I found something out, but I don't like predicting. Well, the, this whole show yeah. is us predicting, but I, <laughs> I don't like I don't like having all of the knowledge first. And yeah. once um, I and get it's because it's not even stuff. predicting at that point. It's just like knowing what's going to happen. Yeah. Side effects of the nexus include feeling your feelings, confronting your truth, seizing your destiny and possibly more depression. Nexus, because the world doesn't revolve around you. Or does it? <laughs> or uh, does Agnes it? is um, hanging out with the kids. She's got her pet rabbit, Senior Scratchy. And Wiccan, uh, Billy, says to her that she's quiet on the inside. And yeah. this is kind of eerie because it implies that Billy has been interacting with townspeople who are actually people trapped inside of sitcom characters and screaming to get out. And he mentions Billy. that at the beginning too. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, his head is full and noisy. Noisy. And I think when I think when he interacts with like, let's say a herb or the mailman or just any other random townsperson, Norm, for example, if mm-hmm. if Billy interacts with that person, I think he's hearing the real person inside of their brain screaming or suffering or being in, in distress. Yeah. And when he says to Agnes, you're quiet on the inside. Yes. I think that's him revealing that like, not only does he realize, well, he doesn't realize this, but it's sort of a reveal to the audience that Agnes is not in dis- Well, she is in disguise. She's not trapped. She's not somebody whose mind is trapped inside of another mind. She is fully in control of herself. She is happy to be here. She wants to be here. She's here on purpose. 
but also it just, it kind of reveals that like this kid is sensing all of this pain and suffering and hearing all of this stuff. And I don't think he, I think he could do something about it if he knew like how to, how to control his powers. Yeah. What's he, but, yeah, he's had his powers for like a day. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's all new to him. Exactly. He probably could do something. Also, I feel Agatha has power, so she could somehow block telepath from reading her mind if she wanted to. That's a good point. I also, I also thought simply maybe his head is so noisy now because she expanded the hex and now there's so many more people inside it that now his brain is being overflowed with a lot more thoughts. Good point. And then, you know, and then she goes into Agatha's house and it's quiet because she's, she doesn't allow her thoughts to be read. That's what I, that's what I looked at it, but I liked your take too. <laughs> All right. After, after this cutaway from Agnes's house, we get Monica Rambo checking out her space rover, <laughs> her yeah. heavily armored space rover sword buggy. What do you want to call this thing? I'm sure that they'll have uh, a name for it, but what do you want to call it? It's like a, a, a moon hex walker. Yeah. Hex walker. Hex walker. Hex walker is a does, great name. It almost does walk it. it starts climbing up it. It tries to. It tries. It tries it, <laughs> they, yeah, Monica tries to ram this thing through the barrier. It they 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 mentioned something about how like the density is matching, yeah. and the it's it's like the tire starts spinning like it's stuck in the mud. It starts climbing up the side of the barrier. I thought visually it kind of started to look like that warp thing of like purple and pink shit going past the camera, like when they go into the quantum realm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, we're, you know, we'll, we've talked a lot about, we've exhausted our theories about the quantum realm. Um, yeah. It gets spat out. It turns into like half of a truck and half of <laughs> hex walk. That, that was really cool. And Monica decides to just walk through. She's just going to walk through. She's not going to, she doesn't need the hex walker. She's like, she's gonna, like through this, I'm running. <laughs> march right through and she does and her eyes turn crazy blue oh yeah and i think from now on we, uh we could probably con- say that monica rambo is a superhero <laughs> yeah she has definitely gained powers oh yeah absolutely which we see a little more of when wanda attacks her so oh yeah we're, and i just got uh, done talking about how, like i don't want to refer to the comics that much but uh i, I would say that we're probably going to start calling her something like spectrum photon or pulsar yeah. spectrum is something spectrum is her her character's name since like 2013 i think mm-hmm. in the in the captain marvel comics in the show she talked about when she was building when she wanted to build the hex walker she needed lead to deal with the photons cadmium for the neutrons tantalum for the seismic blasts so for one thing, Photon is one of her names, and she had mentioned Photon, but also she is building a vehicle that will help her break through a barrier with a wide spectrum of different elements and, and mm-hmm. things that she has to get past, and she just walked past them. So I don't know, Spectrum is kind of an appropriate name for the character it, now. It is, um, and she sees like in the Spectrums when she gets in there too, yep. uh, to see like the, the radiation and the electronic fields and stuff which is a spectrum thing more than photon, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I don't, again, though, I don't think the show, because it's MCU, is going to really actually start calling her that anytime soon. Yeah. Uh, I think they'll stick to the, like, Monica or Rambo kind of thing that yeah. they do with all of the characters, which is better. We've talked about why that's better. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I agree. Okay, we cut, we get to 
my favorite talking head in this episode, which is Vision. On the when they're when Vision and Darcy are trying to drive and they get to this intersection where the light's red and they <laughs> try to go through it and a, a, a chain of school children <laughs> come by to cross the street. And so they just cannot get across the street and they they do this aside where Vision is sitting by the truck that's stuck on the road, talking to the camera. Right before this, Darcy, he has a he has a conversation with Darcy where he's asking her, so Wanda killed me? Uh, Darcy says, yeah, actually killed you, and then and then Thanos killed you. <laughs> and <laughs> Yeah, he um, kind of rewinded time and did it again. <laughs> yep. Uh, they cut back and forth between the talking head and Vision and Darcy in the car. And the talking head, Vision says, I believe Wanda is creating these impediments to stop me from going home. And I underline the word home. Because Vision knows that his original code was from an AI named Jarvis. Body is from Ultron's plan for global genocide. And he's asking, what am I now? But he he mentions that he, and he said this before, he doesn't have memories from before Westview. He doesn't remember uh, Wanda killing him. He doesn't remember Thanos killing him. So when he says, she's trying to stop me from going home, where is he trying to get to? Where is his home that he's trying to get back to? Well, I I honestly just thought it was literally their home in Westview so he can go to Wanda. Okay. I, I didn't okay, think got that, it. that's it. They were trying to get there. And I got to get home. Boom. Uh, okay. So, so at this point, he's not trying to like get back to the sword base because he considers that his home? I don't think that. No. I didn't. I just didn't see it like that. I think especially after, you know, didn't, didn't Darcy say how your love is real with Wanda? And I think that just kind of made him want to go home to Wanda you know mm. he almost died he woke up laying in the field and mm. he doesn't really know what the hell happened or so let me go to my wife I think he's he still sees good in there and cares for her, even though he knows something's going on hmm. but he needs okay. to save her. he he knows he needs to do something about it um, uh, and of course um, the, imped- in the impediments in the road I believe were actually Agatha oh Agatha's yeah Agatha's trying to keep that's the whole reason she drew him to the edge. She's trying to get him away so that she can't protect her, so that she can manipulate Wanda without vision intruding, because she knows vision's losing it. He knows. So I feel all this was trying, she's trying to separate the two so she You're can right. get him off. That's, right. that's how I feel. You're absolutely right. That's why she was driving away, pretending to be stuck right. to get vision. Yep, you're absolutely right. Oh my gosh, that's great. Yeah, yeah okay. Totally. <laughs> um, that's, that's, there that's it is. And Darcy yeah. says something really beautiful. She says that your your love is real. I don't know who, I don't know what's real, but your love is real and you belong yeah, together. Exactly. And I agree with Darcy. Darcy knows what's up. Darcy is um, a smart woman. So we get to, all right, so we see Monica is now confront. She's made it all the way to Wanda's house. Wanda is getting all red again and scary eyed and Mm -hmm. takes Monica outside and levitates her up in the air in front of the whole neighborhood. And people are kind of watching this like, oh man, it's, this is charged language, but it's, it's like on a cop show when the cops, like a dis- domestic dispute happening and all the neighbors are just kind of watching because yeah. they've seen this happen before and there's nothing <laughs> they can do about it. And they yeah, just got to like watch and hope for the best. Yeah. And they just kind of stood there awkwardly watching with no real concern, monotone reactions, I feel. It's just, oh, yeah, okay. Like Dottie just kind of looking over, which we see her for the first time in a long time. 
Yep, the mailman kind of uh, the mailman who I've noticed for the first time has a presto. On I his noticed that too. Uniform, and I think that's just a little bit of fun because presto, like it's a way of saying something. You do something quick, so like presto delivery. But also, yeah. it's a it's a it's a flourish word that magicians use for a yeah. reveal. Presto, <laughs> presto changeo. More just um, a little fun little nod to magic. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, and. Okay, but Agnes is peeping on Monica and Wanda through her through her window. She's doing the nosy neighbor thing. And she comes over. She takes Wanda out of the situation. And Agnes takes Wanda into her home. Oh, oh, oh. And I th- okay, this is actually when they cut back to Vision. And it's it's I alluded to my favorite talking head when he's like, he's got the lapel mic on. And he's <laughs> yes. like, wait, what am I doing here sitting talking to you? This is absurd. And he take he takes the lapel mic off and he stands up and he like just goes back into the truck and we cut to him talking to Darcy and that's but where he just, says I got to get back to my wife yeah you know, it's that just that realization he, like, swats the mic as he walks by it's so good right <laughs> it was great <laughs> oh man because it needed to happen and somebody needed to acknowledge the absurdity of all of it and. And especially vision when you're like, dude, you were just trying to escape last week. You see all this weird stuff happening and you're just letting them stand there with a boom mic and a yes. lapel mic on you. Like, and he, what just, are you doing? But he breaks out of it. And yeah. <laughs> he storms off the set. The talking, some of the talking head jokes were fantastic. Absolutely. They, they really nailed the style. <laughs> Absolutely. So Agnes, Agnes and Wanda are in Agnes's home. Wanda thinks things are kind of weird. She notices like the half-eaten sandwiches on the table and that it's extremely quiet considering her two boys are somewhere in this house. She asks Agnes why it's so quiet. Where are the boys? She said uh, the twins are probably playing in the basement. So Wanda goes down there and the basement is immediately creepy and weird and labyrinthine and, and looks like a dungeon. And there's all these purple vines everywhere, which I think is, is a reference visually to, this, to the Power Stone. Then okay. we didn't get a theme song in this episode. We got the very, very close to the office theme music at the beginning. Oh, it was. But now we get like this. Agatha's theme song. It was Agatha all along. Yeah, and I love the contrast. At the beginning, it's Wanda, 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 Wanda Vision created by Wanda, just to show you that no, that's actually not how it is. And then the end, we're going to show you really is in charge. I thought that was just a cool contrast to the two songs at the beginning and end. That was awesome. Yeah, it shows that Agatha can travel through all of these different sitcom periods. She can change Mm -hmm. things. She can update them to more modern. I think she and Wanda both have that power. And I think that what we've been, a lot of what we've been seeing is the conflict between the two. Between the Um, the two powers? Yeah. I don't think... Yeah. I don't think one of them has been in control the whole entirely the whole entire time and is completely manipulating the other. I think yeah. it's that they've been clashing and we've been seeing the results of their powers coming up against each other. Oh yeah. But this theme song is just fantastic. It was Agatha all along. <laughs> oh man, it's just how it opens with her floating down and just, like dude, that was just a great I actually got I got goosebumps watching that. I loved it. <laughs> mm. I, yeah, thought it, I, I thought it was fantastic. It's it, like, it's, it might be my favorite music in the show so far that, that we're making it up as we go along is still up. is still very, very good, but this might be up there with it. Um, it's like the monster, ends, isn't it? 
Is it? Uh, this is very much the monsters. Yeah, monsters? Oh, yep. yeah. it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. It almost would have been more appropriate in the Halloween episode, but I don't care. I, we got it, and I love it. Yeah, and it ends with uh, them just cutting to Agnes, and she says, "And I killed Sparky too." <laughs> yes, best ending. It it is, but it uh, uh, we I think we were talking about this before we were actually recording. It'll it takes away any theory crafting that Agnes is actually still good that she's you know st- she's doing these things. Um, maybe she's she's the victim. Maybe Wanda's actually more powerful than her, or, or is is controlling her, or making her do this in self defense. Even if all those things are the case, she killed this dog, and she's. Not sorry about it. So she's a capital V villain. You can't come back from killing a dog, like you mentioned. Yeah. It's not going to happen. Once you're an animal killer, you're the villain. That's it. <laughs> Everyone knows that. No question about it. So now we do see where, where Monica Rambo. I don't know where she went exactly, but she ends up going over to Agnes's house. That's probably, I mean, I don't know. She was probably just hiding behind a tree or a fence or something. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> something ridiculous in this sitcom world. And I, yeah. I feel like after Juan Agatha took Wanda into her house, she she was right next door. She probably just kind of snooped around the side, and it could have been happening concurrently with what you know. Maybe that's just showing what was happening while she was Agatha was revealing herself to Wanda too. She was opening up, and Quicksilver was coming around the side. Yep, Snooper's gonna snoop. Snooper's gonna snoop, and that's where we <laughs> end. Is that mid credit scene? With Monica, yeah, walking up, um, she finds the be- the basement entrance from the outside the house, from the backyard, mm-hmm. and Pietro runs up. Snooper's going to snoop. So let's talk about Pietro a little bit. Do you think this is who – do, who do you think we're seeing in this post credit scene? I still think that this Pietro is taken from another universe, and he is going to eventually be – Quicksilver from from Fox once okay. his memories are restored. I don't think they're I'm, they're not going to go crazy and bring in all kinds of Fox X Men. Okay. Thinking about this in the long run, I don't think that 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 adds a lot of BS to the story and stuff. But if maybe you just pluck one character people liked to replace a character, they can somehow explain that easier than like every X-Men coming over from another universe. I, I maybe, maybe it's just hopeful thinking too, but I st- like I said, from the very beginning of this, that's, that's what I really, that's what I want. So that's what I'm going to hope for. I think that it's the X-Men one being manipulated by Agatha. That's it. That's what I think. Okay. I mean, of course it could be something else, but I'm sticking with this story until it's proven wrong. <laughs> All right. So l- let's say, let's say Agatha is manipulating Pietro uh, or yeah. well, I guess it would be, if he has the memories of Peter Maximoff from the Fox universe, let's call him Peter. If Agatha is manipulating him, why in this moment is that what is that is, is he being used to protect Agatha's lair? Is he running up behind Monica saying Snooper's going to snoop because he's about to attack her and stop her from going after Agnes? I think so. Okay. I think so because as he's going, just as it cuts to Monica, her eyes glow, right? It's almost like she's going into defense mode to defend mm-hmm. herself. So I do, I do kind of think she's, he's going to either capture or bring her down there with Agatha or knock her out and drag her away, do something to fight with her, <laughs> do something to keep her away from Agatha while she finishes 
but maybe she wants her down there with Agatha. I don't know. Uh, hmm. I have this feeling maybe she's got, he's going to capture and bring her to Agatha. And then you will have Wanda and Monica facing Agatha. That makes Hopefully, sense. I, I think that's kind of where it's going to go. That makes a lot of sense. That, that is, you're probably right. I'll say that before I say my theory. You're, you're probably, I, I agree with your theory more than yeah. I agree with my own. Yeah, it's fun <laughs> to put, it's fun to stab the cool theories though, you know, just put it out there because who knows? Yeah, I'll just offer mine just as a contrast. I think that it's possible that this is, it is Peter Maximoff. He is real. Uh, He is from, he has the memories from the Fox universe of X-Men movies. But I don't think, I don't think Agatha is controlling him anymore. And I think that we we saw her controlling him in the last episode when he was saying provocative things to Wanda, like your dead husband can't die twice and, and stuff like that. Yep. But I, but I think, I think the glowing blue eyes from Monica was her seeing him, her actually seeing he is not from here. He's from an alternate dimension that came through this pocket, this nexus. Her eyes have maybe have that ability, like she can see yeah. different spectrums of waves, yeah. reality and stuff like that. I like that. Yeah. Um, I like that theory. And I think like he is at this point, he's broken free from the control that Agatha might have had over him. And he's also snooping. And that's why he's like, oh, hey, um, Snoopers going (laughs) to snoop, huh? We're both Snoopers. So Snoopers are going to snoop. Yeah. Maybe he's actually not bad. Mm -hmm. Maybe he's been released and he's actually now Quicksilver. And they're both snooping because he was like, where am I? And, I just thought of that now. That could be, that would be cool. The contrast to that is you kind of, the, the MCU has kind of done this thing at certain points and they've always done a, they've always done a good job of handling it and balancing it, but it's always seemed, it's always kind of felt like through the individual movies where we're seeing these heroes, like in the Iron Man movie and then the Thor movie and and the sequels of Mm -hmm. each of those, they have like a main villain that they're dealing with, but they're, that main villain is like, completely dead by the end of it. By the time it gets to like the Avengers movie or the Age of Ultron movie, all of the previous villains, all of their previous antagonists are dead and gone. Yep. So it's like, well, well, this, the deck is stacked. Like the the Avengers have, they have so many of them and they're yeah. all so powerful. Who could actually stop them? Mm-hmm. So the MCU has, has always been good at, in those times, creating something like Ultron that completely balances the power out because it's like, well, yeah, the Avengers can't be stopped except if one of them creates something that was supposed to be a protective, that was supposed to be part of their team and make their team stronger. And now they have to fight against their own team's strength. Um, that's, and honestly, they, they pull the same trick out of their hat with civil war. It's like, well, they don't really have a bunch of, there's no cabal of villains. There's no, Avengers of villains to yeah. get like a sinister six for them to fight. So they got to fight each other yeah. and it works. Yeah, In WandaVision, the deck is really stacked against Agnes at this point, right? It's just, if, if in one, it's possible that it's just Agnes against Wanda, Monica, Pietro, and whoever else, uh, Darcy and Vision. Not the Darcy. Well, Darcy does have uh, uh, escape artist superpowers. But, <laughs> yes. uh, but we, we haven't seen her have like super strength or Wanda or Vision powers or anything. But it, well, this is why I think your theory is better than mine. It, 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 makes, thing, it makes the balance of power a little bit more balanced. Right. Because if you got Wanda and, and Monica versus Agnes and Pietro, that's a more 
that's a, that seems like a better matchup than you know, just three a, on one. It, it also leads to there may be a larger, like somebody stronger, bigger, who's actually in the back to mm-hmm. back, to back Agatha. Because again, like you said, it's stacked. So is she going to need a, a much more powerful being to help her if all these people eventually are against her? I mean, if we end up seeing Pietro, Vision, Monica, Wanda, all of them, Agatha's probably going to need a big, big bad guy to to assist. Unless they give, like the MCU does modify things, unless Agatha is, if they give Agatha a lot more power than maybe she has in the comic books and she is that powerful, I don't, you know, of course we don't know that yet, but. One of my favorite MCU characters is Ebony Maw from Infinity Infinity War and Endgame. And he's he's this sorcerer from space. We don't know much about him other than he has sorcerer powers like Doctor Strange. He's actually seemed stronger. His powers seem better and stronger than Doctor Strange's. But he's, as far as we know, he's just from some planet somewhere and there might be more aliens just like him that have the same kind of powers, right? Mm -hmm. So do you think there's a possibility that Agnes is an alien? Yeah, it absolutely is a possibility. Did I, I haven't really thought about that. Because I haven't, it's hard for me to, at this point, place this anything to do with space, really. Could be. Yeah, I mean, she could be an alien. Do you have an idea of what kind of alien? Well, maybe maybe she is like, like a Kree, because we've seen, uh, what was that guy's name? Ronan, Ronan the Accuser. Um, yeah. He briefly yep. had the Power Stone and was able to harness it and and use its strength for, you know, to enhance his. So I don't know, maybe she, maybe she's not a Kree per se, but she might be somebody that was exposed to the Power Stone or wielded the Power Stone at some point and still has intrinsic yeah. powers from it. Almost everybody that encounters the Power Stone, it, it's too much power and it destroys them. I think she would almost have to be an alien or a celestial or something to harness it, if that's the case. That's true. That's true. Also, you mentioned the Power Stone, but you notice how all the commercials seem to allude to an Infinity Stone, but this one didn't really, and that one is the Power Stone. Yeah, this one, because they use the word reality several times, and Nexus, like, you know, um, anchor you back to your reality or a reality of your choice. Like, maybe the Lagos one was misinterpreted, and that was the Power Stone? Maybe, maybe. So there have been six commercials, right? Yeah, and I just can't see any that that, that, that could be the Power Stone. So the first uh, one was the Toaster. Mind Stone. Mind Stone, almost definitely. The second one was the Watch, the Time Stone, for sure. Third one was Hydra Soak, which was the Tesseract. Space Stone. Fourth one was Lagos. Yeah, which I thought was the reality stone, like it looked like the ether, and then we have then we had the depression one, right? Uh, yo magic, right? Oh, yo magic, right? Which was the soul stone, and now we're at this yeah. one, which I just couldn't find anything how it relates to the power stone. So there's the power. The, so the so okay, I I, I narrowed it, narrowing it down to Lagos and the Nexus. If we know that the other four are definitely the mind, time, space, and soul stones, that leaves the power stone and, and reality, the reality stone. I was pretty – I mean, I thought the Lagos one was almost the most straightforward. It just seemed – the visual was very reality stone. Yeah. Maybe yeah. the context wasn't so much. I don't know. Maybe that's just not the intention at all. Everyone's just reading into it too much, but – uh, let's look at it. Okay, here, here's another possibility. Yo Magic might have been the Power Stone. The Nexus might be the Soul Stone. 
and Lagos was still the reality stone. So hear me out. Yeah. The Nexus, the Soul Stone, when Thanos Thanos kills Gamora, and at the end of Infinity War, he has that moment where he's in this bubble, this like yeah. weird version, this like with young Gamora. With young Gamora, and he, and yeah. he's and she she's saying, "Did you win? Did you do it?" And he says, "Yes." And she said, "What does it cost? What did it cost?" And he says, "Everything." There's been a lot of speculation that that's like that realm was inside of the Soul Stone itself. And that seems to where everyone goes once they're they get it or use it. Like you know, Jeremy or Hawkeye was like, "Yeah, they're like within it or something." It's pretty interesting. Right. But and it kind of looks like a nexus or like a barrier world or like, like the bubble, like the WandaVision mm. bubble. Yep. So, so I would say like the nexus might represent the soul stone. Lagos might represent, it does represent the reality stone. So maybe yo magic, same things we were saying about it. It's the power stone, but it's, it's that like, like you were saying that the kid was trying to, to, to tear the package open to get to the magic inside. Yeah. And we have seen that with Ronan, the, the, the accuser, when he got, when he stole the power stone or wait, man, I'm, it's been a while since I've seen Guardians of the Galaxy, yeah, yeah. but, I forgot how he, but oh, uh, the, it, it starts with Peter Quill getting the power stone and it's in that container yes. and he sells it to somebody. Uh, he sells it to the collector, man. I am really, I'm really, yeah. They have that whole big fight with Gamora, it's rolling around in there. Yeah. How, how he ends up getting, I cannot remember, but yeah, again, um, there's so many movies, you know, the details become, sometimes they get faded. That's why you got to go back and watch all the time. Yeah. But, that, gonna, but that's my huge binge. That's my justification for the Yo Magic one being the Power Stone because the Power Stone at one point was, uh, was contained inside of something that somebody yeah, is trying to open to release its power. Mm-hmm. Who knows? We never, well, maybe one day we will, but it's all speculation now. We've kind of gone through all of our theories as we talked through the episode, but was there anything, anything that like really pulled you in one direction or another from our, our list of theories? Like did anything, I don't think anything really changed in terms of like no. scrolls, quantum realm, uh, simulation, all of that kind, all of that has kind of been just becoming this less. Was a real, uh, it like confirmed a lot of things I thought. My theories haven't changed all that much since this episode because it was okay. been more like it was a reveal. Like when I okay, cool, I knew Agatha. That's what I thought. As much as I, I predicted some of it, I was still ecstatic to see it. Not not to take that away, but mm-hmm. yeah, I, I mean, my theory is still something to do with the Mind Stone, a multiverse, the children are somehow important. And I think this bigger bad, although, like I said, I would love it to be Agatha, whether it is her or someone else needs somehow needs the, the energy being used from this and is absorbing it, taking it in possibly. Cause a lot of these bad guys like absorb energy from dimensions. So mm. this, it could be something like that, but I'm sticking with, it's going to be definitely multiverse related. I just thought of something when you said the children, all of it, it was weird in the first episode or it wasn't even weird. The, uh, the hearts mentioned to Wanda and vision, like how come you don't have any kids yet? And then mm-hmm. in the second episode, there's the whole thing with the, the gazebo, the magic show, and everybody is saying for the children, for the children. Then later vision calls out the fact that it's weird that there are no children in town later. Mm-hmm. 
Pietro mentions to Wanda, oh, I think you've done a good job of handling the ethical considerations because the kids only <laughs> pop up for a, a occasional special episode appearance. What are they all just of the children? Birds, you know? No, all of the children are trapped in Agnes's basement. When at the beginning, that works just fine for Agnes. She keeps them in there. It's this 1950s saccharine reality. There are no kids. It's just adults. Nobody yeah. else, nobody really cares about kids, but then they get mentioned. And now it's in, that seed is planted in Wanda's subconscious. Yeah. So then it starts to grow because she's actually having a baby. And then it gets called out. Why are there no kids in this neighborhood? So then Agath- Agnes has to be like, well, man, I can't keep up that illusion or I can't keep up this whole illusion if I don't let some of the kids out of the basement temporarily (laughs) and let them make guest appearances and stuff like that. So then we start to see kids around the town because Agnes is allowing it because she's just temporarily releasing them from her basement. But I think that's the explanation all along for what's going on with the kids. Where are the kids? They're not in their homes with their parents trapped the way they are. They're trapped in Agnes's basement. Yeah, I like that. Hell yeah, Um, because it's all about the children. I, I'm also remembering in that second episode when they're having this, the meeting at the swim club, Agnes, she has a flask because she's complaining about how like Dottie is, is you know, it's hard to sit through one of Dottie's meetings and she, I don't know how anybody uh, gets through it without drinking. And she's like <laughs> yeah. pouring this flask into her own thing. She pours some for Wanda. I think mm-hmm. at some point she hands some to Bev and maybe maybe even to Monica. I'm, I'm not, I don't remember exactly whether or not yeah. she interacts with Monica. But it's a very funny scene and it's, you know, oh, this kooky neighbor, she likes to drink and she's, <laughs> yeah. she's, she's bringing the fun. She's bringing the party yeah. and she's passing the bottle around. What if it's some kind of like potion that mm. she's using, right? And she's pouring yeah. a little bit of potion and, and getting everybody to drink her potion because yeah. the big reveal is she's actually the one in control of things. Yeah. And they just in that episode allude you to believe, oh, that goofy drinking neighbor. Oh, oh, Agnes. <laughs> Oh, and she goes goodness. again with her flask. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, I like that shit. And then later on, like I said, I think there's going to be some kind of a, a another flashback episode that's going to do some more catching up on what Agatha's been doing. Sorry, not necessarily a whole episode. Yeah. But we'll get uh, clips. I just think there's things we need we need to see. I'd, I'd love to see some of the stuff she was doing behind the scenes to really give us a little more context. That's what I was going to ask if, if you think we're going to get any more sitcom concepts. I don't think we are. I think at, at most we might get a lost style episode with just a bunch mm. of flashbacks and, oh, here's the other side of that thing that you watched. And yes. here's what was going on behind the camera. And then I feel we're going to get a last episode, which will bring us back up to kind of where we are in the finale of the whoever, all the people who appear coming yep. together for a big old fun battle at the end. They paced it really well to where where the pacing of these last two episodes feels exactly right. It feels like exactly where they should be. All the pieces are in place. It does. And we kind of we kind of have some idea of what's gonna happen, but it's still exciting to see how it plays out. Now I also feel they mentioned the broadcast is no longer being broadcasted. So no one's even actually seeing this. So I feel that Agatha is just there's no need anymore. I've got what I wanted. I don't need to keep up an illusion for anybody outside. Now my plan's coming to fruition, so screw this sitcom thing. And that's why it kind of went into the reality kind of sitcom, mixing with real reality, until now it's all just 
where in reality, we're going to be doing no more sitcoms. There's no point now. Yeah, I seem to remember somebody, maybe Darcy, but somebody saying something like, nobody's watching WandaVision anymore. <laughs> or like, I was watching <laughs> WandaVision this week and so blah, blah, blah. Well, all right. Well, do you have any any more notes? Because that's all my notes for the episode. So the, it was the, sorry, it was the first time they go in, the first time they go back into the MCU world. Okay. And okay. No signal for the TV program anymore. And then I said, was the signal even Wanda? Which at this point, I, it's not. It was Agatha. Mm-hmm. And then Hayward is planning an attack. Do you think he, like, he's, his, his attack is going to be something like Ultron? Uh, I'm, I, you know what? I have, I, I, I think, again, he's a dick. He is trying to use Vision as a sentient weapon. But I don't think he is literally trying to resurrect Ultron. I think he might be getting tricked by Ultron into resurrecting Ultron. Okay. So do you think Ultron could be a player in this? Yes, no? but it really depends on like whether or not they can get James Spader. You know, it like yeah. it, it comes it really does come down to that sort of a meta thing because <laughs> yeah. they're not just gonna give us a generic Ultron. It it's would have to be James Spader, Ultron. It would. His voice is so distinct and his acting style is just, the way he delivers lines is very unique. Yeah, because he's, uh, he's evil Tony Stark. Like, I already yeah. think Tony Stark is kind of evil, but he's <laughs> he's flagrantly evil Tony Stark. Yes. Yeah, he is. <laughs> um, um, but you're right, you know, because if, if Ultron's still alive now, you know, unless they kill him again, but now you got to get James Spader to come and perform Ultron for the next phase if he keeps popping up. And it's like, right. again... Are you going to get an actor like that? You got to think of things logically too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, uh, Ultron does make a lot of sense, but I also kind of think the MCU likes to keep things fresh. They don't, they, they mine the past really well. Using Red Skull on Vormir, that's a great way to bring back that character because if we just kept seeing the Red Skull popping up and giving the Avengers more and more trouble, he'd be like another Loki almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or I don't know. It would that. it would get tedious after a while, um, but the way yeah. that they bring him back by having him have a he now he is Red Skull or formerly Red Skull and he has a completely different purpose now, but yes. it's still that same character. It's too bad they couldn't get the original actor to who is that? Um, so the guy who, who plays the guy who plays Agent Smith originally, right? I forget his name. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, his name was just on the tip of my tongue. It's really <laughs> bug me. Yeah. Um, Hugh Hugh. Hugo, Hugo Weaving. Hugo Weaving. Yes, yeah. that's it. But when uh, it comes to Hugo Weaving, I hear that he actually didn't want to do it anymore. He turned it like that's a case where he's just like, nah, I don't want to. So they had to recast the voice. Which is weird. And and the way they did it, you can it's okay that like it's it would have been better if it was Hugo Weaving, but it's okay that it's not. And even though James Spader physically doesn't appear on screen as Ultron. If they replaced him with Ultron, it's it really is like you said. It's the it's the yeah. acting, it's the delivery of every line, it's the yeah. mannerisms. There's yeah. just something that somebody could replicate, but it wouldn't be the same. Exactly, he does the motion capture too. So you know that act that that really brings that person's character in that person's personality into it. Yep, the swagger. I feel it makes the, it makes it just makes a whole difference when they're doing the actual body movements too. You, their whole mannerisms become part of the character. It's it's different. So I think that too, you, you got to have them. 
<laughs> Hayward does mention something called Cataract, Project Cataract, that keeps coming up. And also, there was a throwaway line, Wanda says, about the kids. She says they literally inherited tough skin. This answers the question of, like, they are they are part vision. Like, they, <laughs> they really are part... Are they, or do you think she was just saying that just for the joke? You really think that they are part vision? I do because you know what you know why it's because of the way that vision is vision immediately accepts the fact that like these are biologically his children right they are mm-hmm. a part of him or they yeah. came from him in some way hope they explain that if that's the case well we're gonna get flashbacks I think in the next couple episodes or probably the next episode so I think they're gonna explain the pregnancy in some way I also think that if Ultron is in this it could be in a flashback form Maybe James Spade will come back for a one-off thing in it where he'll, you know, it's just a flashback to something that happened during Age of Ultron we didn't see to give us more context now. That's interesting. That'd which, be, yeah. be a, which would be a cool way to bring him back, but not bring him back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just to give us a nice little treat. But Ryan, would you say, like, let's, let's take this as truth. Let's take this as fact that the kids are, that Vision is a robot, a synthesoid is the word they use, and had sex with a human. And then that human had a baby, two babies uh, that are, <laughs> that are synthesoid human hybrids. At this point, is that a cyborg or is that something else? Is there an, another word for that? Uh, maybe more Android? But an android, an android is fully mechanical. True. An android tends to look like a human too, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's clearly not totally, I mean, he's in human form, but he's, he's not like data in Star Trek where he's in human form. You know, right. so. he's vibranium. And that's exactly what she's saying. Like the kids literally inherited tough skin. They yeah. are, part of their physical makeup is vibranium. That, that's, that's cool. Yeah, I just don't know how how that would physically happen. <clears throat> yeah, I mean it's, but I mean then again, when you have the magic involved with Agatha and and Wanda, who knows how they do it? Could who knows? Maybe he's phasing sperm. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, man. Yeah, I don't think they're going to be super explicit or graphic about the yeah. details, but I really want some kind of scientific explanation for it. Yeah, it would be cool to just know how, yeah. how, how you're doing this. And, and when I say science, I don't mean like a science science that actually makes right. sense. I mean like what you said, like that is logistically, that makes sense. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> right. he, he manufactured yeah. a robot sperm and phased it using his phase powers right. into her sorcerer womb. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's not human, but who knows what somebody of the powers of these people in this universe could do. You could take the aspects of vision, put it into a sperm that can impregnate a human. I don't know. That seems a little crazy for Disney, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah. 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 We'll see what kind of explanation they give us, but I'm, I, I think it's going to be satisfying yeah. in some way. That's the thing. Um, is even if all this stuff I want to happen, don't think might happen. I'm sure however they handle it, I'm going to like it. Like me too. I, I really do. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I have faith. <laughs> exactly. Um, so Ryan, what, what other spinoff shows could the MCU do with minor background characters? Not even background characters, just sidekick characters like circuit, like Darcy 
if we got a whole Circus Darcy show, a lot of people have been talking about like, could we get an FBI and X-Files show with Jimmy Woo? What other, what other, what other side characters could the MCU call back and give their own spinoff mm-hmm. TV series? That, that, that's a good one. You know, that dude, oh man, is it Luis from Ant-Man? Yep. Ant-Man oh, that dude is hilarious. And just seeing him do some funny stuff would be great. <laughs> um, <laughs> just to see like his antics on the side, like his view of the side of helping Ant-Man out or something. Again, like the Jimmy Woo FBI thing. And maybe with that, that would be just really cool. Like that X-Files idea that's been online doing the weird, fun Marvel weird stories and having him like solving it in an X-Files fashion. That mm-hmm. is a cool idea. I'm trying to think of some of the other minor characters. Um, what's somebody from Guardians? There's got to be a cool Guardians of the Galaxy character. Uh, in Guardians, there is um, the Collector. There is Taser Taserface, um, <laughs> who's dead. Uh, oh, dude. Corgan Meek. Corgan Meek. Oh, man. Those, those two would be a fun. That would be fun. What would their what would their show be about? What would they be doing every week? Oh, it would just I think it would be them as roommates, you know, a nice uh, roommate sitcom where they have fun. <laughs> where you know Korg has to go out and work because we can't do shit. So mm-hmm. he's always pissed at me for being a lazy bum. He's home playing Fortnite. <laughs> <laughs> Korg has to go out. All right, Meek, here you fucking go. Here's your food and your shit, and he takes care of. That would be funny. That'd be kind of funny. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, and I th- and you know what, Valkyrie could show up on that show. It could it could all take place in New Asgard. Yeah. Then you, Valkyrie's exactly. like the exasperated mayor of the <laughs> town who has to like deal with their antics every week. <laughs> Jeff Goldblum, uh, yes, man, he's amazing in that. Oh, the man. Grandmaster, the Grandmaster, oh, Grandmaster. Grandmaster spinoff, showing all the different things he does on that planet with the different battles and the people he brings in Sakaar, cool. yeah a whole like sakar gladiator yeah. arena show would be great oh that would be funny as hell and he's got his his orgy playing there uh there could be some fun, <laughs> could be some fun stuff <laughs> i love um, i love ragnarok that was just one of the best yeah i rewatched i rewatched that whole opening sequence just because we were talking about it again with the led zeppelin <laughs> and like i just had to see it just that yes. five minutes of film because it's so perfect Oh, it's badass. Um, and then that right. dragon chase, and it's so cool. It happens like head gets cut off in the, in the, as the portal closes. So. Yep. <laughs> and it's it's exactly the right kind of gory grossness where, like, yes. if, if it was too realistic, it would be like, oh, I don't want to see that. But it's also <laughs> like, oh, that's a little more gross than I was expecting. <laughs> it's It's perfect. <laughs> the eyes like slowly roll back as it slides <laughs> it's just fucking perfect it's excellent ryan do you have anything more to say about wandavision episode 107 breaking the fourth wall no i think uh again we we covered that pretty good yeah man that that was that was a good one we we went through that that one nice detailed all right uh, and we talked about our predictions for next week so we will see you next time for wandavision episode 108 we don't have the title yet uh but ryan why don't you give us uh, play us out play us out well that was another week guys in a fabulous episode a great reveal we get we finally got agatha harkness we've all been waiting for and it was just as brilliant as i thought i can't wait to come back next week and see where they're going with it have a great week I know I will. (laughs) It was Agatha all along. Yes, it was. (laughs) All right, bye, everybody. We'll see you next week. Later.
Quicksilver was coming around the side. Yep. Snooper's gonna snoop. The camera zooms in on me. So we get out. some high proof alcohol. We get gasoline. Anything that says- What funny. makes our lives worth living is our mortality. If there were not mortality, we wouldn't be packed. Luckily for me, most of the beauty pageants that I've um, participated in don't- I've know. done my fair share of blood, man. I've always liked showing myself off naked. Got up out of the seat, walked to me, and then slapped me. Spontaneous conversation with people from around the world on Stranger Than Christian, available on your favorite podcast app and at strangerthanchristian.com. Thanks for listening to the Apocalypse Podcast Network. For more great podcasts, go to apocalypsepodcastnetwork.com. And remember, every time you support one of our sponsors, you're supporting the podcast you just heard.